with the main chip watch. It's real talk. Man, it's real talk with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. It's real talk. And what's good, Memphis, Tennessee? It is your boy, Chip Washington, your humble radio host on this fine piece of radio broadcasting called Real Talk on this Monday, 6 to 7 p.m. Central. Uh, And, uh, of course, you know, you can plus or minus wherever it is you might be listening to us uh, in this uh, country. But if you are listening to us locally, we are on 91.7 WYXR, your Crosstown Radio Station. Uh, And um, if you are kind of out and about and doing your thing, uh, you can catch us on uh, TuneIn, the TuneIn app. Uh, You can uh, go to TuneIn, put in WYXR 91.7, hit play, and you can pick us up. You can also just go to the website, WYXR.org, and you can listen to us live. If you miss this show, you can always catch it via the uh, archive system. So, how y'all doing? Everybody good on this Monday? I gotta be honest, this has been a very long day for me. I don't know how your day went, but it's been a long one for me, but you know, I always tend to perk up and enjoy myself when uh, this time of day comes and uh, this day of the week comes on this Monday, we uh, hopefully have a good show for you tonight. You know, I try to work kind of hard to put something together that you might find interesting and maybe even a little entertaining, depending. Dr. Stephen Threlkel will join me a little bit later on, the second half hour of the show. He is the infectious disease doctor from the Baptist Medical Group. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times. We need to catch up on uh, all things covid all things vaccines, all things variant strains, and uh, anything else that's on his mind. So I look forward to that conversation a bit later on. We're going to start the show off uh, in a few minutes with uh, Miss Hazel Moore. Now, if uh, that name sounds familiar, she is a longtime community activist and the unofficial uh, slash official mayor of Whitehaven, uh, for those of you who know who she is uh, Uh, She has graciously allowed us uh, to uh, chat uh, with her for a few minutes, uh, in a few minutes. So I look forward to that conversation. We're going to talk about uh, Whitehaven, um, the city of Whitehaven becoming a vaccination site. Tennessee Southwest Community College 
over on Finley uh, is going to uh, start giving vaccination shots out beginning on Friday. So we'll talk to her about that, her feelings, and just about what's going on in the community as a whole. And uh, there is uh, ever-continuing news on the Shelby County Schools front. Uh, Last week, the superintendent, Dr. Joris Ray, decided that he was not going to give a date for a return to in-person learning. Uh, He is still looking at the science and a lot of other things. In the meantime, the governor of the state has basically given him a mandate. And as well as the superintendent of uh, Davidson County Schools up in Nashville, by the 15th of this month, as this is the first day of February, uh, to return to the classroom or risk losing funding. Well, um, there have been a few back and forth conversations uh, since then, and we are going to discuss all of this with Mr. Keith Williams, the executive director of the Memphis Education Association. So we'll be talking to him in a little uh, in in just a few minutes uh, as well. Very happy to have you with us uh, wherever it is you might be, uh, as I said earlier. Um, let me get the birthdays and the anniversaries and things like that out of the way. Of course, uh, if it is a birthday, and I know that Mr. Van Turner, county commissioner, is celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday to you, sir. Uh, also, if you, but if you're celebrating an anniversary or another special occasion, uh, congratulations to you. A couple of announcements to make off of this here. My nieces, my twin nieces, Madison and Mallory, uh, both celebrated their 29th birthday over the weekend. So happy birthday uh, to my twin nieces. Uh, love to all. Madison just uh, had a beautiful bouncing baby girl not too long ago. And uh, so uh, it's a nice way to celebrate a birthday uh, uh, on, on uh, I think it was Saturday for them both. Uh, so happy birthday uh, to each of them. Also, uh, family friend Sarah Gum, her birthday is tomorrow. It's not today, it's tomorrow. But since I won't be behind the mic tomorrow, I wanted to wish her a happy birthday today. So happy birthday one day early, Sarah Gum. I hope you enjoy your day. Well, you know, as, as always, uh, I like to do a couple of news and notes before we get into the broadcast. And, um, you know, some sad news. We've been losing folks here uh, recently as, as this year is just a, really a month in. Uh, of course, the last few days we lost uh, legendary actress Cicely Tyson, the age of 96. We also lost John Chaney, uh, Hall of Fame college basketball coach at Temple University. He died uh, over the weekend. Uh, he was 89. And Cloris Leachman, uh, who is a, an actress, probably best known for those of us who have been around a little bit uh, for her role on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, she died as well. She was 94 years old. And um, today, Dustin Diamond, who was an actor, many of you young folks don't know who he he, he who he was, uh, but he played a character called Screech on um, uh, on uh, Saved by the Bell, and uh, he he uh, di- he uh, kind of let everybody know last week that he uh, not last week but last month, just a couple three weeks ago that he was suffering from stage four cancer. Well, he succumbed to that cancer this afternoon. Uh, at the age of 44 years old. So 
we send our condolences out to, to all of those uh, who we lost. And, of course, as I do, whether you're in the headlines or not in the headlines, we are still losing people on a daily basis to COVID-19, close to 430,000 people, I want to say, somewhere in that vicinity now. Um, And uh, for all of those who have lost someone special, whether it's a family member or someone close to you in in any respect, uh, you know, we offer our condolences to you uh, as well. Well, uh, we were we are still continually talking about COVID-19 vaccinations are, of course, the big news story around here. We are dealing with vaccinations uh, here in Shelby County as well as around the state. And um, we are uh, right now going to open up another facility. The Pipkin Building is open right now. And the Appling Building uh, is, 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 is taking um, uh, for first doses as well. Let me read this. The Shelby County Health Department announces Whitehaven and Appling locations for the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, the Health Department is partnering with Southwest Tennessee Community College to begin offering first doses. Listen to me now. First doses of the vaccine at the Whitehaven Center located at 1234 Finley Drive, beginning this Friday. Uh, Pfizer first-dose vaccines will be offered on a drive through and a walk-in basis, but you have to make an appointment. Uh, it will start on each uh, Tuesday through Saturday uh, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. through February 27th. Now, uh, once again, Uh, the actual vaccines in Whitehaven will begin on this coming Friday. The links to sign up are posted on the health department's COVID-19 landing page, uh, and, uh, which is Shelby.community. So go there and fill out your application. They are taking still one, a one category, one, a two category and age 75 and older okay 75 and older if you don't fit into those categories they will not uh vaccinate you um you have to be in the category that they are vaccinating at this particular time Uh, if you're not eligible do not sign up for an appointment an appointment is required for you to become vaccinated so Again, just uh, keep, you know, your, uh, every news station has all the updates. Every newspaper has the updates. All the TV newscasts have the updates. And, of course, you can go to the Shelby County Health Department or Shelby.community to get more information on that. Um, what else is going on? Well, as I said, locally, uh, there is some controversy about the shots that have uh uh, that uh, that are not being given. Uh, it looks like the Shelby County School, not only Shelby County School, but teachers in Tennessee won't be able to get the vaccine until March of this year right now because there are so many people uh, still left to vaccinate in the first couple of categories. Um, so this is going to take a while. This is going to this is going to be a bit of a process. So uh, we all have to kind of just be patient and just kind of wait it out and kind of see where we go you know, from from there. And, um, you know, I know that people get impatient and I know that, you know, folks are like, wow. But but I will say this. Um, When we first started having this conversation, 
there wasn't a lot of people overwhelmingly interested in the um, vaccination. Well, that has changed dramatically. A lot of people now, it seems like all we're, we're hearing about is people ready to be vaccinated now. It's a protection for you. It really is. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, so far so good in terms of, you know, reactions or other things to it. Um, and I would urge you to get, if you are in the category or you're in a category coming up, sign up, get vaccinated and protect yourself and not only yourself and your family. Uh, it's going to take a lot of folks to get vaccinated for us to come back to some sense of normalcy. So we will wait and see what happens with that. Hold on. I'm getting a phone calls and phone call. Hang on just a second. Somebody's calling me here. Hold on. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hey, Don, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if it was, I didn't know we were doing it tonight because I never <laughs> heard back from you. But but um, can I call you? Because I'm on the air right now. So um, can I call you after we, we I, I, I get off so we can maybe set it for maybe next week or another time? Oh, man, listen, I'm, you know, and I, I apologize for that. I, I, I didn't get any message from you. I didn't know one way or another. But I'm going to call you back. Let me call you back, and, and we, we, we're going to set something up because I do want to talk to you. I really do. Oh, wow. I'll do it. I'll do it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, I'm sorry. You know what? This is what happens when you do live radio. And this was actually a guy that I wanted to talk to uh, about something. And, and I, I'm going to hold that because we're going to actually have a conversation with him about a major event that happened uh, about a month or two ago. Actually, it happened at Christmas time. So, But I'm going to hold on to that. But in the meantime, Marquette, let's go to break. And when we come back, we're going to have our first phone call. We are going to speak with... Ms. Hazel Moore, she is the unofficial mayor of Whitehaven. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. You know who you are. We're going to have a great show tonight. Stick with us. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. B.B. King talks about hard drugs. I believe that the younger ones are subsiding in that now. They are not, I think they're finding out that it's really no good and we're losing too many people. I think I can understand why a lot of the people have gone into drugs because so many times I've been so frustrated because I couldn't get things to work like I want them to. And this sometimes can really mess up your mind. If a guy is not using his mind and don't try to be really strong, you could really go 
go into anything. It's just like they used to say about alcohol. And this I do know, that whatever problem you had when you got drunk, when you get through, you got two, because you got a hangover plus that other problem is still there. And that's the same thing I think about hard drugs. So I say, you know, it's no good. No, no good. Support for WYXR comes from our partner, Spaces Group. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, government, and not-for-profit markets. For more information or to start your project, visit spacesgrp.com. Hi, this is the big O, Otis Redding. I was just standing here thinking about you, thought I'd write a song about you and dedicate it to you. Take a listen. If you didn't go back to school this year, you're really not grooving. Maybe you feel that school is a drag, it just don't move you. But did you ever think about how square you look standing in an employment line because school didn't interest you? You're really hard to think about it. Without an education, you could only be a tramp. No guy shoes, no haircut, just plain old country. Don't worry about the fellas on the corner calling you green because you're in your future condition. It's really hard to think about. And furthermore, tell them that oldest red and say you're very wise because you'll be at the top when they get there and if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, you really ought to think about it. Think about it, really ought to think about it. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And we are back. Welcome back to Real Talk. I'm Chip Washington on this Monday evening. Very happy to have you with us and very happy to have my first guest on the line. She is a longtime community activist known by so many people, particularly in the area of Whitehaven. Uh, she is the unofficial mayor of Whitehaven. I like to call her the unofficial official mayor of Whitehaven. She is Miss Hazel Moore. Miss Hazel, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, thank yep, you. I'm right here. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to be on our show tonight. I really appreciate uh, having you on. Um, I appreciate you having me there also. Well, so listen, Miss Hazel, for, first of all, um, I want to talk about a couple of things with you, but how did you end up getting the... Oh, just one moment. Uh, Hello? Hello? Now, you saying what? I was, I, I was, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Uh, okay. I was going to ask you, um, how did you end up getting the title of the unofficial mayor of Whitehaven, if you could tell our listeners? Well, actually, it uh, people in the area came, uh, came together, and they 
when I said I didn't want to be considered that, they said, <laughs> well, you are that. You are our unofficial mayor because we can come to you, sit down to talk to you, and get the information that we need. And so that's what makes you the unofficial mayor because you're out there amongst the community and the people. Well, that is very, very true. And also, if anybody has ever seen or been a part of the Whitehaven Christmas Parade, this is the one that puts it together every year. I used to be, I was in that parade a few times and I really enjoyed myself. But, um, you know, there's a lot going on in Whitehaven. There's a lot of development going on out there. Um, But more importantly, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the vaccines uh, that are happening. The shots are going to be taking place at Tennessee Southwest Community College. And uh, talk to me about how you feel about that. I saw your story in the paper about that. You're pretty excited about it, are you not? Oh, yes. I I really want to talk about it and enjoy talking about it in times like this. Yes, ma'am. It is important that we do talk about it. And I'm glad that you're mentioning that it's in Whitehaven, but I want to see it across the city because we got to come together and make sure we do something about this. We can work together and see a difference. So, and, I'm sorry, go ahead, Miss. Go ahead, Miss Hazel. Go ahead. No, go ahead on and ask me what you're going to I was going to say, you know, um, um, it's very, very important for Southwest. And I, and I read a quote from you today about. Um, a lot of people are expressing interest. Talk about the fact that are people really getting excited about the opportunity to be able to get a vaccine shot. Talk about that. I want to talk about that a little bit. And I would just like to say um, Southwest College is always there when there are interesting things that's going on in Whitehaven. Yes, they are always there. To, we can partner with them and make sure that everybody's in the community can get involved. And so the research shows that people of color are disproportionately affected by the coronavirus, yes, ma'am. the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Our people are, contact, are, are contacted, and they are really not probably paying attention that the number of people that are in our race that are being affected. I would say we want to make sure, we want to work on it because we want to get back to work, our children want to get back to school, and we don't want them to get back to school. People that out there, some of them don't want them to get back to school until we slow this virus. I, in, I highly encourage people of color to take the vaccine. It is very important. And one thing I want to say to keep the fear down, I do hope that if some have fear, Talk to your doctor or a doctor, mm-hmm. and they can tell you, and they can tell them and release some of the fear that they might have. And I think that's one of the most important things that sometimes people have is fear. Yes. And I would just like to say to you and to some of those people that uh, I went on and take it in myself because so I said, I want to take take it so I can talk about it. Right. If it's, ba- if it's bad or good. But it's been good because I've taken both doses of the vaccine and neither time had it did anything to me had it effect affected me but i think what sometimes people don't realize people of colors are mostly highly likely to have health conditions such as diabetes 
heart trouble and and many other things that are very risky. Yes, and so that makes them skeptical. And that's the reason I said, talk to your doctor and they can give you an advice. But just think about what would happen if you don't take the vaccine. Uh, that's the thing you got to think about yeah. if you don't take that vaccine. Yeah, you're, and, yeah you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Miss And sometimes the type of work that you people do, and see, they got to think about the type of work that they're doing, uh-huh. whether it's uh, the sensor worker, warehouse worker, and restaurant, many other things that you could be doing, places you can work that can, uh, and most people can't work from home. Those don't have to worry about it as much if you're working from home. Right. But you got to be there to take care of your family, and this vaccine could not get here any sooner and everything. So it's here now it's been a long time coming, but it's here, and so I just think it's, that people should get it because one of the things that I hear people talking about the vaccine, and I see that yes, ma'am. Um, that uh, sometimes people that stay at home they don't have it, but younger people in this generation and stuff that go out, they like to hang out and yeah. party with their friends. Yeah. Those are the people sometimes take it back and give it to their family members and others. So that's important. And this vaccine, if they have any doubt, they should read up on it, check up on it. And you, I think the scientists, scientists and doctors are doing a great job in helping us to get rid of this and to cure this. So yeah. I think you probably would thank it too. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and see the good thing about it. Um, People don't have to worry as much because if you don't have insurance, you can go get it free that's and right. get this information free. So that's really good when you have something that you can get it free. It really and, is. It, it really and is. And one of the last most important things I'd like to tell you about, I would like to say, you know, uh, to people, yes, ma'am. follow, please follow the health guidelines. Wash your hands often. Mm-hmm. Please wear your mask. Mm-hmm. And when I say wear your mask, <laughs> don't put it up under your nose. Please put it over, over your, your nose. nose. Yes, ma'am. And and stay social distance. And the, the when saying social distance means most likely six feet apart. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And no hugging and kissing. No hugging and kissing. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> if we get enough vaccine, we maybe get a better chance to hug and kiss again. That'll be a good thing. I was but uh, but Miss Hazel, thank you for coming on and talking to me and uh, talking to our audience, and more importantly, for all the work you do in Whitehaven and giving us some very good advice. I know that there are folks out there listening who are going to take your advice, and we we look for big crowds out in Whitehaven starting this weekend to get this vaccination. That's true. We're looking for big crowds, and we want them to get together so we can all get back together and see each other, you know. Yes, ma'am. So that's what we're looking forward to. So come to Southwest and get that vaccine, and we're they're prepared for it. Well, Ms. Hazel, thank you for taking some time to talk to us. I really appreciate it here. And uh, and you stay and you stay healthy and you stay and you stay well and, and keep preaching preaching the gospel, okay? Okay. And I look forward to being with you talking with you again on your show. Thanks. Yes, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
Thank you. All right. Miss Hazel Moore was uh, was my guest, and she gave us some very, very good advice and gave you very good advice. So if you pay attention, uh, don't pay attention to anything else. Pay attention to the unofficial mayor of Whitehaven, Mississippi. We're going to take our second break of the broadcast. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, return to school. Uh, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We're going to have a conversation with Mr. Keith Williams. He's the executive director of the Memphis Education Association. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. We're having a good show so far. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, We'll take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. Like what you're hearing? WYXR is a listener-supported station. Help keep the sound of Memphis alive by donating at WYXR.org. Hi, Carla Thomas speaking. Listen. There's no harm in staying in school. You gain so much, and you have so much more to offer to your country, yourself, and to other young people who will follow in your footsteps. There's a key to the door of your future in the classroom. Go and get it and do something with it. Support for WYXR comes from our partner, Spaces Group. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, government, and not-for-profit markets. For more information or to start your project, visit spacesgrp.com. Crosstown Concourse was founded on the idea that we are all better when we are together, which can be difficult these days. Luckily, Concourse has over 1 million square feet of indoor and outdoor space, so you can spread out while you hang out, eat out, or work out. Learn more at crosstownconcourse.com. B.B. King talks about hard drugs. I believe that the younger ones are subsiding in that now they are not, I think they're finding out that it's really no good and we're losing too many people. I think I can understand why a lot of the people have gone into drugs because so many times I've been so frustrated because I couldn't get things to work like I want them to. And this sometimes can really mess up your mind. If a guy is not using his mind and don't try to be really strong, you could really go go into anything. It's just like they used to say about alcohol, and this I do know, that whatever problem you had when you got drunk, when you get through, you got two, because you got a hangover plus that other problem is still there. And that's the same thing I think about hard drugs. So I say, you know, it's no good. No, no good. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington.
And welcome back. Welcome back. This is Real Talk on this first Monday in February 2021. And uh, when we talked at the beginning of the show, we talked a little bit about Shelby County Schools and the big debate and the big threat from the governor of the state of uh, Missis, I mean Tennessee about uh, returning back to the classroom and losing funding. Uh, we, we got a letter this afternoon from the president of the Chamber of Commerce, Beverly Robertson, urging this as well. Here to talk with us about this and more is Mr. Keith Williams, and he is the executive director of the Memphis Education Association. Keith, you there? Yes. Welcome back to Real Talk. I know you you joined me a couple of months back, and I really appreciate you taking time tonight to to uh, to chat with our audience a little bit. Okay, so let's get into this. Uh, <laughs> I saw you on Fox 13 about a week or so ago talking about uh, your thoughts about these teachers and students coming back. Uh, where are you uh, today on all this? Uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, feeling the thoughts are unchanged. I think that when it is safe, we can do all things. But until that is proven to be so, we cannot. We cannot just come back into these schools because the uh, uh, economics and the tangra wants us to come back and spend money. That's, that's uh, foolishness. Uh, they are not thinking about the safety of children and, and the communities in which we live. Memphis and, and Nashville are two unique communities. They are both heavily black populated. They are both the largest school districts in the state. Now, and they are both, believe it or not, they are both, a lot of money is made in the business world off of school. And the chamber people and uh, those who they're talking about coming back so we can get the like Trump. That is not our focus. Our focus is to try and live and to be safe. And until it is proven that that can happen, we should not even consider bringing children in large numbers, 100,000 children back. We cannot transport these children. We cannot bring them into a building. And certain that we cannot allow them to go home and infect and and uh, pass this disease on to their parents and grandparents because that's what would happen. It has been proven that children are spreaders. They do not necessarily ca- ca- uh, uh, capture the disease, but they are heavy spreaders. Yeah. And they we live in these multi generational homes and so forth. And it, it would it would be people are saying, well, but it's better now. It's better now because we're quarantined. Open this society back up, and it's going to go straight back to the top. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. Uh, for those who are thinking about the economics of it, it is foolish. I think that life is more important than money. So we have to be safe and we have to be guided by science and medicine. Now, Keith, and not by, by man. Y- yes, sir. Now, now, last week I had uh, Mishka Clay Bibbs on uh, my program to talk a little bit about this. And she echoed your same sentiment in terms of it. And I, I, I believe the last uh, survey that was taken uh, with parents, I mean, with uh, with uh, teachers uh, and parents of of, ch- of school aged children, was overwhelmingly that they didn't want to come back. Now you have a situation where uh, the teachers, it looks like they've been moved back in terms of the vaccination cycle uh, to March, but you have a mm. deadline that has been given by the governor of this state for the fifteenth of of uh, of this month. Now, to his credit, Dr. Ray said we are postponing school indefinitely until we feel safe about all this. So you have to, I guess you have to feel pretty good about his decision, but this whole thing with the governor uh, is very puzzling to me. Well, you know, the governor tried last year to pass a law that would only impact Seattle County schools in Davidson County. And the Supreme Court of the state threw it out and said that it did not meet the challenge of equitability. So you cannot pass laws that only have impact on 
some counties and not others. And this would be the same thing because this law that he's uh, uh, pushing for only impacts students in Selby County and not in Davidson County, which is still unequal treatment under the law. Why is he concerned about those school districts? Those are the largest two, and those are the largest money makers. School districts generate lots of money through co- contracts, and that's what they're looking out for. And, and the chamber is no different. They're looking out for contracts and the flow of money. School systems have bus services, they have papers, they have books, they have testing, all kinds of services, technology, and they spend lots of money. But that is not important at this time. It is important that these children survive, that their parents survive, and that we get through this pandemic, and not because we need to um, give somebody a million dollars for their services. Their services are not worth a penny if it causes one death to children. And we have had, even with the closing of schools in Taylor County, I want to share this with you. We have still had some some schools and some facilities where uh, corona is rampant. That's true. And, and, and the Food and Nutrition Center. There are over 50 cases of corona down there. Mm-hmm. In some schools, we have, we, I know of two principals in the hospital now with corona. Oh. So it's not as, as, as small as we're saying as for that study that the CDC did. That study only used 11 rural school districts, which had less than uh, 500 students. Well, you can't generalize that to 100 students. There's no way you can generalize that study and, and, and scale it up to a district the size of Memphis or the size of, of, of Davidson County. And that's what they're trying to do. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like if there was a plan to vaccinate uh, all of these teachers that it would be more palatable to you and maybe uh, others to 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 start a return back to school now? Would that be a factor in your thinking? Two things. Two things. I think the vaccination would be required, mandatory, and expected, if you will, just like the essential workers in hospitals. They have to serve the public, so then they should be. And the other thing would be some financial incentive for uh, 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 critical workers or what they call them. Uh, uh, essential. Essential employees. Right. Uh, they're getting all this money. You know, some teachers, the survey also showed that maybe 27% of the teachers would agree to return. That's, that's, that's small. Mm-hmm. You probably could get 50% if you incentivize them financially and uh, the other thing. Now, that, that, that's a doable solution. They don't make enough money to sacrifice uh, what, what you would call a legitimate sacrifice of one's health and life. It's just not worth it. So this this letter that came from the uh, Miss Beverly Robertson uh, from the chamber this afternoon uh, mm-hmm. kind of took us all by surprise, you know, in terms I'm sure, of. Because, but remember who she worked for. Okay, well, who did she, she work? She's concerned about the economy thriving. Right. Just right. like uh, a Trump was. They don't care who has to die as long as the economy approves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this at at the end of the day, it really is still about safety. The vaccination is. Are, that's, that's the primary factor. Chip. That's yeah. the only thing. And once we are safe, all of this stuff will return. But you don't need to tell me what to do with my child and my life and my livelihood and my uh, um, health from he, someone else. I don't have to accept that from her or anyone else. I make that decision about my health and my health. And the government has no authority. The school board is run by the elected school board. He cannot interfere with the duties of the elected school board. Yeah, his only job is overseas the state and to secure the BEP funding. He's not doing a very good job at that. We don't. We, I'm curious to know where his children and grandchildren go to school. Are they back in a school with with three thousand children? Probably not. 
So it gets to, it gets down to the heart of it. Now, what is your true concern, and why do you want to promote something that science and medical science is against? That's a big system. One last question about all this: Do you think that there is? I mean, what is the real possibility of him withholding either partial or or or, or complete funding he's not able to do that. from the school he's district? Not, I mean, that's the that, that's the threat that he's that's the threat that he's that issuing to both he's using, But the courts will intervene as they did with the, the voucher last year was the same thing. Thomas decided everything they have done of late in Nashville, particularly by the Republican-led administration, has been to destroy public education in Memphis and Shelby County. They tried it with vouchers. They tried it with charters. They tried it with a number of things. It's not going to work. And you cannot make laws that are unequal under the Constitution. That is an unequal protection of the law. Every legislature and senator from every other little small town can vote to destroy Memphis and Nashville, and we only get, you know, so many votes. Yeah. So, and they don't have a dog in the hunt. So what doesn't make sense? It doesn't make sense to say that uh, the, 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 the minority can control the majority in that way. That is not their job, and the courts will not allow them to make laws that unequally protect citizens. And that's what this one does. Wow, that is, that's really something. Well, and how do you go collect all of my tax money and say you're not going to send it to the school system? See, what, what happens to my tax dollars? Well, that's a good question, too. That's a good question, too. Yeah, what are you going to do with it? You're going to send it to some companies to buy some more tests? What are you going to do with it? Because he's talking about, you know, I tell you, as a teacher who taught for many, many years in the school system, I have seen this system rise and fall. I do know that we did better when we had textbooks and teachers. Now we have computers and, 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 and monitors. And it's, it's not, that, that is not the answer. You have to have somebody who can stand before children and deliver instruction. That's true. And we're doing everything but that. So, That's and he's—I'm sure—he's leaning to buy more tests to determine. Well, if they haven't been taught, what do you expect them to test? Well, that's that that that's a big question too. But listen, yeah, I, but I, that's I, what he's doing. I mean, he's peddling uh, contracts, man. and they all do that. And these people who sell tests, believe me, and 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 uh, contract services on the platform—they are making tons of money right, right. now. Yeah. Because that's what they're using to deliver the virtual platform. Mr. Keith Williams, thank you, sir, for taking some time. I really appreciate you. I love listening to you talk about this and your passion. And we will just keep an eye on it and see what happens. And yeah. I'm like, I'm on. Well, we plan to go to Nashville, the association does, on the first day of the opening session with our agenda. And okay. our agenda is y'all need to mind your own business and stick to what you do and fund the schools properly. But you can't tell us when to start. You, you can't require us to risk our lives. Yes. And the lives of this community. You can't do that. Amen to that, brother. I appreciate you. Mr. 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 Keith Williams, thank you, sir, for, for taking some time. I really appreciate talking to you, and I'll talk to you thank soon. You. Okay? All right. Thanks. Uh-huh. All right. Well, Mr. Keith Williams there, uh, he is the executive director of the Memphis Education Association, and, yeah, he broke it down pretty good. And I'd be very curious to hear what you all think. But let's go to our last break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the world of medicine. We're going to talk to Dr. Stephen Threlkeld. He is the infectious disease doctor from the Baptist Medical Group. We're going to talk about COVID. We're going to talk about vaccines and a whole lot more. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? 
or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. This is the big O, Otis Redding. I was just standing here thinking about you. Thought I'd write a song about you and dedicate it to you. Take a listen. If you didn't go back to school this year, you're really not groovy. Maybe you feel that school is a drag, it just don't move you. But did you ever think about how square you look standing in an employment line because school didn't interest you? You really hard to think about it. Without an education, you could only be a tramp. Go guy shoes, no haircut, just plain old country. Don't worry about the fellas on the corner calling you green because you're heading your future condition. You're really hard to think about. And furthermore, tell them that oldest red and say you're very wise because you'll be at the top when they get there. And if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, you really ought to think about it. Think about it, really ought to think about Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk. Uh, this is Chip Washington. This is our final segment of this first Monday in February 2021. And I am very happy to have on the line uh, a visitor. He's been back. Uh, he's a frequent visitor to our show because he, he talks a lot of good stuff. Uh, he, he is Dr. Stephen Threlkale. He's the infectious disease uh, specialist uh, in the Baptist Medical Group. Dr. Steve, are you there? I am, sir. How are you, Chip? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Hanging in there, man. Well, listen. Th- thanks for thanks for making a return visit to the to the show. Anytime I want to talk about viruses and vaccines, I, I want to I pull you up in my rolodex here. So, okay. So last time we talked, we were just getting into the vaccine situation, and uh, you know we seem to be kind of moving our way through it. Uh, uh, your thoughts uh, on this and the, the on the early progress of things. Yeah, I mean, you figured it would pick up speed, and, and it has. I mean, uh, the first, I mean, the big problem was really getting a supply here. You know, there there are millions of vaccines that sort of remained, and to some degree, even still remain unaccounted for. Uh, if we could just get more to the uh, municipalities, like like Shelby County, you know, we'd be better off. But we really, you know, we're starting to move through them, and it's a little slower moving down the list in Shelby County because we have such a concentration of healthcare workers. So our A one A group. Uh, our 1A1 group is is really much larger than a lot of communities, really percentage wise. That's kind of an that's kind of a, an issue as we move down into the into the other groups. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. 1A1, 1A2, the healthcare workers, the the the, the, the population 75 and over. People really don't understand, or they're not really much paying attention to the fact that Shelby County is the largest county in the state. 
of of uh, Tennessee, and that we have a lot of of of, of people here, and it's going to take a while for us to filter through these various steps. Uh, do you not agree? No, I certainly do. And like I say, I mean, the people at the very top of this chain. Uh, is a large group. I mean, that we have more healthcare workers per capita historically in Memphis mm-hmm. than almost anywhere else in the country. Um, and so when you take that uh, alone, that really gets us a ways into this before we get to uh, some of the other groups that still need the vaccine very much. But uh, but probably, you know, when you talk about keeping the healthcare system propped up so we can take care of all of the difficult situations out there and then moving to the highest risk folks in the elderly age groups. Uh, but there are other important things out there, you know, teachers, which, you know, that that's different in different communities, but we've got to get the kids back to school, too. So, um, you know, I think that's important as well. So there are groups that are important for society and other issues, not just pure medical issues. Talking with Dr. Stephen Threlkel, infectious disease specialist uh, from the Baptist Medical Group. And, 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 and now that you say that, you know, there's a big controversy, and I was just talking to somebody about it before you came on, uh, in particular with the teachers, and it looks like because of the fact that the population is taking a while to kind of filter through, they may be pushed back to March, which to me makes going back to school this semester virtually impossible and maybe more of a better plan uh, in the fall. That that sound about right to you? Well, it's tough. You know, it, it, there's some there's some conflicting issues here that, that have to be looked at. And it ends up being a political issue, unfortunately, because yeah. I think the science doesn't take us to a clear answer. If you look at just absolute school room transmission of the virus, it seems to be bunches less than what I, for one, and a lot of people are worried about would happen. It seems that, that most of those cases in those kids in those age groups, if you look at the recent Wisconsin study, which is not a perfect mirror for Memphis, but there are some similarities, too. Most of those cases occurred in the kids outside the classroom. Right. So, um, But, you know, it also, it also happens that you have to take into account how much transmission there is in the community. As that goes down, it will become safer. But it's a, it's a tough question. There are a lot of factors that go into it, to be sure. And we do need to protect our teachers because a lot of the best teachers are the ones that have the most experience. And those, a lot of times, uh, are folks that might be at increased risk of this, uh, this infection. Well, okay, and and, 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 and and so speaking of that, now we still have the virus. It is still here. Um, we are counting on uh, the vaccinations, multiple vaccinations, a high percentage of vaccinations to help get us to herd, humini- uh, herd immunity. But before we get to that, uh, let's talk about uh, your concerns, if any. The numbers are dropping. The hospitalizations are dropping. Uh, the deaths are rising, unfortunately, a little bit. How do you assess the current state of things in terms of the, the statistics? Well, you know, the problem is these curves don't always track the same. You know, the cases are dropping much faster than I had feared they would. I'm delighted with, with the, the direction of the numbers, to be sure. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, and hospitalizations are dropping, too, and that's really one of those key markers that we look at. It's, it's hard to – I mean, those, that's, a very, that's a very consistent marker is the hospitalization. Death takes longer to drop because people can take weeks to die of this infection after a long, a long and difficult hospital stay. So those things drop the latest uh, and, and the slowest. And so you know, it, it's the right direction that we're going in. We're just sort of in, a, in, a, in another little race against these possible uh, more contagious variants maybe even variants that might become over time more resistant to the vaccines. And that's what we really can't happen. That's what have happened. That's why we really have to 
push these vaccines out as fast as we can get them. Now, we have seen uh, the South African variant, which is the one that most of the medical community seems to be most concerned about in terms of its its strength and, um, and the fact that it's a, such an infectious uh, uh, virus. It has been seen now, I think, in uh, South Carolina and I'm, I want to say Maryland. I think I'm not necessarily sure. But the yeah. other but the other variant from the U.K. is in like 28 states. Uh, and yeah. so what, what do you think about all that? Well, that's I mean, the, the U.K. variant is um, is it's a certain kind of problem. It, it seems to be quite a bit more contagious than the ones that we've had. Right. And so it really has taken the U.K. and other countries by storm. And and all by itself, you get a lot more cases and you're going to get a lot more deaths. You know, surely as night follows day. So we can't allow that to happen. Uh, all by itself while we are waiting on these vaccines. So the vaccines are going to be the key to preventing that, actually, along with just good social distancing can prevent cases. With the, um, you know, with the South African vi- uh, variant, you get the extra big problem that all the work we've done with uh, the vaccinations and right. the incredible speed of progress that we've made there, um, if you have more and more replication and more and more resistance, they're not really... Um, you know, the vaccines are pretty effective still against it, but if you just let it increase in its resistance, you can have to go back and rely on some boosters, which thankfully the new RNA uh, platform allows us to pivot to much more quickly than older vaccine technologies. And that's, that, that stuff is actually already in the works. The current Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are two dose, uh, two dosages that you have to take there. Uh, the Johnson and Johnson, which uh, folks are starting to talk about nationally now, is a one-shot dose. What are your feelings about about that and its efficacy? Well, we have to remember that the biggest thing about a vaccine and its impact is twofold: number one, how effective it is intrinsically, and number two, how much you get out to people. A really effective a vaccine that's more effective that you can't get to people is not going to help you. So the Johnson and Johnson is a little bit less efficacious. Though let's be fair, um, they went after the South African virus on its home turf, and a lot of the data are from South Africa. Okay. And we don't know that that wouldn't have dropped the Pfizer uh, and Moderna vaccines if they had been tested right now in those areas too. Um, so it, it did drop that a bit, but let's remember that we were talking about anything over 50% would be great, and this is 72% in North America, um, and it's a one-shot deal, which will mean faster access to more people, and it's also much easier to keep without ultra-cold storage. So all those things are going are to really be on the plus side of the ledger at getting the vaccine to people, particularly folks in more rural areas that you really can't, you can't easily get the ultra-cold storage vaccines, too, and, and haven't been able to as well so far. So as we as we uh, turn the corner here about to wrap up, I, I just need to ask this particular question because um, folks around the country in uh, various states are starting to let up on their restrictions in terms of kind of trying to keep people safe and, you know, closing some things down. And, and, and they're easing up on the restrictions, not only around the country, but here as well. What would your advice be in terms of because we're not we're nowhere near close to being done with any of this. What would your advice be um, not only to to others, but but here locally as well in terms of of, of lessening restrictions on, on things? Well, I think we have to be very, very vigilant. I mean, I can get really unpopular in a hurry by saying we need to, you know, the next wave is coming. People are, people are tired of this. They're yeah. tired of the talk of it. They're sure. tired of the reality of it. 
But we do face a real danger, particularly with the kind of the slow pace of vaccinations that we have been getting. Um, if some of these more more resistant uh, and more contagious variants get after us over here, like they have in some of the European nations, you know, we could certainly be facing more surges. Um, and if we don't vaccinate fast enough, we could even be facing next winter with some increased cases. Now, we hope that doesn't occur, sure. but we don't need to become, we don't need to lose our caution. We don't need to get careless about this and, and forget that social distancing still is going to be important for a while longer while we get people vaccinated to herd immunity. If, uh, final question, if we do get to the place where, you know, we're starting to roll a little bit better on terms of vaccinations, do you see a scenario where we can get, more back to normal, maybe by the end of the year, maybe by the fall or maybe by the end of the year. Do you see a scenario where that could possibly occur? Yeah, I think that that, that we can get there if we really if we really crank up the vaccinations. And we might even it might even involve a booster with one of these great new RNA vaccine uh, technologies to allow us to get through some of the resistant variants, too. That's even possible. But the main thing, if you get a group even now uh, that's all vaccinated, I mean, you can have your own little herd. I mean, it, it, there's safety even before we get to herd immunity that's going to be ramping up as we go. So I think it'll take us closer and closer to normal, but we also need to protect those people who haven't or can't get the vaccine. Um, to do that, we're going to need a lot more people vaccinated. We certainly hope we can make it by the end of the year because we are all uh, desperate to get back to, to more degree of normalcy. There's no question about that. Amen to that, brother. Listen, Dr. Steve Threlkel, thank you so much for taking some time to visit with us, and you and I will chat again soon, my friend. Always good to be with you, Chip. Thanks. Take care. Well, this has been a really, really good show. I hope that you, you all think so as well or thought so as well. And as we prepare to get out of here, I just want to say thank you to my guest, uh, Ms. Hazel Moore, uh, Mr. Keith, Mr. Keith Williams from the Memphis Education Association and Dr. Stephen Threlkel. And more importantly, I want to thank you. Uh, for those of you who support this show, who listen to this show, whether it's live or whether you catch it at, you know, at another time because it's always archived, I really, really appreciate it. But if you like what we do, uh, a couple of favors. Uh, send me a note and tell me, hey, Chip, caught your show, like it, thought it was pretty good. If you have any guest suggestions, I'm always open to those as well. So as Marquette plays us out, uh, I want to say, you know, again, I really appreciate you all. And if the if the Lord says, you know, what He always says, if He did this, if and, and if He and if He feel good about what we're doing, we'll be back here at the same time, the same uh, station, uh, and the same seat, doing the same thing, but hopefully doing it just a little bit better. And before I get out of here, I want to I want to ask and and say a special prayer for my pastor, Pastor Walter Pegg Sr. Uh, you know, he is ill and uh, the family is asking for prayer. So I am asking you uh, to pray for uh, Pastor Walter Pegg Sr., Fullview Missionary Baptist Church, a st- strong man of God, a man of faith, and he believes very strongly that prayer changes things, and so do I. So in the meantime, God bless each and every one of you. Be safe, be careful out there, take care of yourself and take care of each other. And for Marquette and for Adam, I'm Chip, and I'm out.